We are six women. We are wordsmiths. We are magic. We are curious. We are contradictions. We are wanderers. We are people of many names. We are mind trekkers and story weavers. We are adventurous spirits. We continue to grow. We've been baptized in the font of dream and memory. We are partly truth and partly fiction. I am Gail. I am Joanne. I am Margie. I am Katie. I am Marion. I am Mary. We are the Mystic Order of East Alabama Fiction Writers. Welcome to the Mystic Order of East Alabama podcast. I am Mystic Gail. I am Mystic Joanne. I'm Mystic Margie. And I'm Mystic Katie. And at our last podcast, we asked our listening audience to guess who was missing from the Missing Mystics. And um, we had a winner. And I sent that winner the adult bib, which <gasps> is, the, is the new treat. How the, lucky. For the Wow, um, that's a coveted order. item. It oh, is. yes. I fa- there's another reason to have an adult bib. We, many uses in our last podcast, but I found out it's to wipe tears away because I needed it when I was chopping onions. <laughs> so I had it on crying. So. I thought you were going to say you needed it because you were laughing so hard listening to the podcast. Well, that's true, too. It was too. great. That's true, too. I was, I was not part of it, but I had the it. best it was time. Fun. I listened to it twice. Likewise. <laughs> Plus, there were some actually some useful things in it. And do y'all wonder who our who won the prize? Is it our favorite Bartholomew? Bartholomew. Yes. Yes. Oh, yay. yay. We love you. We do. We should have just given Bartholomew. Shout out. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about our Mystic Week. And let's start with Joanne. Did you have a Mystic Week, Joanne? I did have a Mystic Week. I've had um, several little mystical things happen, but most mystical was the other day I got up and as I do, I'm the early, I'm like Gail, I'm the early riser in the house. And as I was wandering around, I looked outside and there were five deer in my side yard. Well, that is not so mystical when you consider I live in the woods, but we have an electric fence around parts of the yard to keep the deer from eating our azaleas. And every one of those little critters, were they were not in the green of the yard, but they were out there eating the mast, the acorns that are down. And I walked out to them, and they looked, and they continued eating like I was nothing. Um, and finally, one of them, when I got too close, looked at me, snorted, and paw, put, put her little paw down on the ground and said, what are you doing? We're eating breakfast here. But then they, <laughs> then they dissipated, and they go, eh, she's bothering me. So, But they were wonderful to watch for that little bit. Yeah, I wish Aww. I had some deer in my yard. No, you don't, because you wouldn't have any flowers. They you have a beautiful things. backyard, yeah. and you wouldn't have any flowers. I have armadillos, and... I bought this enormous flashlight to try to find where the armadillo cave was. Yeah. I haven't seen an armadillo yet, but I've seen raccoons yeah. and rabbits <laughs> and all the night well, animals. Last night that. I went out to walk the dog and I kept hearing footsteps. And I had heard this on other nights too. And I finally cut my cell phone on and looked. And I don't know yet if it was somebody, a neighbor's dog or a coyote or a fox. Bigfoot. It was. It was this, it was it was definitely a canine like creature. Oh. But um but it was like 
skulking around, and it was trying to get into the other dog pen where there might be scraps of food, I guess, on the ground. So Katie has a wonderful picture, I remember, from her backyard of two foxes dancing. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And they were dancing on their back legs like they were humans. So oh, it were was they really fighting? Beautiful. They may have been well, fighting, but it looked the, like they were doing the fox trot, don't you yeah, think? The, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. The trot trot. The fox, fox trot. Yeah, the trot yeah. trot. Yes, yes. I wonder if they call All it a right, human fox. trot. <laughs> Margie, do you? Yes, uh, we had a very mystic uh, Thanksgiving. We went to Wayne's cousin, Diane, in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and we just sent her money, and she does everything. Um, she we Several kinds of turkey, smoked, uh, deep-fried ham, dr- cornbread dressing, uh, you know, green beans, squash casserole, every kind of thing, and then a million kinds of pies. So we were just totally engorged, plus we got to see all of Wayne's family on his mother's side. And Wayne is now the oldest person in the family on that Ooh. side, which is like, you know, interesting. But we got to stay in their fifth-wheel camper, which is so luxurious. Oh At first, yeah. Wayne said, we're going to well, be... What's a fifth wheel? Well, that's what they call it. It's a great big old camper that you tow on a pickup truck. Yeah, it's called a fifth wheeler because you put the tongue not attached to the the car, but it sits in the bed of the truck and that's how you pull it we yeah call, but they used they, to call that a gooseneck trailer exactly in, in very horse much terms yes back in the day. very much like a gooseneck and this trailer we thought we we're just gonna be staying a little you know hovel oh my god it was like you walk in and there's Is like a this, hovel a hovel a hovel like a a har- a hovel, uh, like a whatever a <laughs> but, we, but we walk you walk up the stairs and then there's this really cute kitchen with a marble countertop and then you walk into like there's a little dining room and then there are two huge reclining chairs that face the TV and then they have a little fireplace. Is this just like yours? Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. And then I I have the hovel. Yeah. Then you walk walk up the stairs to a little bathroom and a king size bed and it was so was much nicer than our home. (laughs) So you were glamping. We were glamping. We were. And um, but they, they bought this. They're both retired, both Harold and Diane Creekmore, and they are going to travel across the country, oh, maybe waiting. Can I go with them? Yeah, it would be yeah. great. I mean, you know, yeah. but anyway, that was great. And then on sat, I mean, on the next day, a Friday, we got to see the Raglan part of the family who went to Auburn, and we got to see Wayne's nephews. We had uh, lunch at Corky's Barbecue, which is a tradition there. And then we drove back to Auburn. Wonderful. Right. That does sound kind of I was gonna say. more like munchable than mystical. Well, we, yeah. yeah, it was munchable. But we just send Diane a little money, and she does everything. And, and I like it. Perfect. I'd like to be adopted into yeah, that can, family. Can Diane yes. come to our Thanksgiving? <laughs> she probably would. <laughs> well, Miss Katie, Mystic Katie, did you have a... I, I know you had a Mystic I know, Week because I was with, with me. you. <laughs> so Gail invited me to go with her to a tour of Butch Anthony, the famous SEAL artist who, uh, SEAL Alabama artist. He's not a SEAL. He's from SEAL, Alabama. And he, he doesn't paint SEALs. Right, he doesn't paint SEALs either. But he, he might bonify them. Yeah, he might. <laughs> but he is, his, his art is, is renowned. And, and magnificent. He, and magnificent. And, and so, he, and he do, uses found objects and assemblages and things like that. And it was just, you know, I've seen his work before and I'd seen him before, but it was a really lovely day. And 
it was not only did we get to see his studios and the, the museum, the of, museum wonder. of wonder and and his house which is like my dream house now i've decided that if i ever build which probably never happened but anyway if i ever are build, you going to get those bones and string them all together like he did no because i have grandchildren i would make them <laughs> string it together oh, I see. but That's i also perfect. realized that so he has makes bone quilts out of is it all deer or just different kinds of bones i'm not sure i don't know it could be x y's um, bone quilts <laughs> bone quilts so there are pieces of bone that have been wired together in a in a huge, like, wall-sized square. And they're beautiful. And they're gorgeous. You see, they're almost, wow. it's like a, I hate to say the word doily, but it's kind of that effect of, of lace. Yeah. Wow. And you look, you can look through it, whatever's behind it. It's just fabulous. We'll put some pictures on the. Did you please? Yeah, we're we're going to yeah. put some pictures on the um, Mystic website. Yeah. Oh, Butch. I would love to see that. I, the other thing that I liked about it was not only were we seeing, in some of those, I'd been to the Museum of Wonder, and I had been to the drive through mm-hmm. But he has two new, what used to be Possum Trot, which is where there was an auction house. And I think his father had a barbecue house there and then an auction house. And I'd been there, but it was an auction house. And now it's another Museum of Wonder. And really, that's an art gallery is what the, a Museum of Wonder is, right? Because yes, everything yes. in there is his art, butch, mostly butch his art, and, and it's for sale. Mm-hmm. Everything's for sale. But you have to take a loan out to do it, which well, is, yeah. he's I worth a, it. But I, I took a small one. loan out just to buy his set of books. That's true. But, <laughs> that's true. But I decided I wanted it, and it's Christmas. Yes, that's right. But the other thing was, not only were the museums wonderful but the people who came there and I think 40 were invited about mm-hmm. what do you think about it seemed that they about that and they were all either artists or uh, you know they were deserving of the of the time they got it yeah they, they got, got it, it. and there, there were two women there who uh, the term is collectors I guess um, but they one woman oh, anyway we'll post pictures too but two amazing women but I love the fact that one of them said I'm not a minimalist. I'm a maximalist, which means she call, uh, her house must, uh, we want to see that house. But I can identify. AKA, AKA <laughs> hoarder. hoarder. Yeah, but she she's had, a cool one. She had come from Winston-Salem. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that, it wasn't like they just, you know, wow. hopped over there from yeah. Opelika, you know, that she really had made an well, effort. Well, what there. made it for me additionally mystic, not just being there with Gail and seeing this amazing place and and these interesting people is but but among the people who were there was my great niece who lives in Birmingham and I had only seen her a few times since COVID it's just you know our schedules and, and I looked at this young woman I thought you look very familiar and she was looking at me like you look very familiar <laughs> and we were just standing there and finally I said Clara and she goes yeah <laughs> so anyway she had grown since I'd seen her she's I, I was a young say, woman and, instead of a kid and yeah so and I'm so flabbergasted how can you have a great niece yeah. Did, were you married at 14 and your <laughs> well, children not, started having children so at my, 14 it's my niece's niece i mean niece's daughter wouldn't that make her my great niece or something no that would make your her you her niece once removed okay so maybe she's well she's great though yeah, I mean, she's, she's great, great kid. I yeah, would so. make you, you her great, great you're her great aunt yeah i'm her great aunt so well, she's I, my great niece. I right? make people who marry my nieces and nephews, um, nephews and nieces-in-law. So yeah, yeah I make every young. Yeah. Anyway. We just go away. Well, okay. if Butch Ans- Anthony wasn't enough for me, but it was, I had to come home. I was so arted out. You know, I I'd, I had so much art in my head that I had to take a nap. <laughs> but but my other Mystic Week was I went to the mountains in Blue, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Oh, Gail, go away. And I decided... I went with my friend who is named 
Anna Friend. And it's hard to introduce her to anybody because I'll go, this is Anna Friend, and they'll go to Anna. What is your name? <laughs> That's right. This is, <laughs> so they, think, they think Gail's stuttering uh-huh. going, a, a, a friend. <laughs> and what is your name? And then she goes, my name is Anna Friend. But uh, we went to the mountains, and we decided to treat ourselves. And so we drove to Young Harris, Georgia, and we went oh. to the Brastown Valley Resort, Resort and <laughs> Spa. And no, we didn't do the spa, and we didn't do the resort. We didn't play golf. We got there at night. All the Christmas lights were on in this beautiful uh-huh. place. But, what, of course, we went for the bar and the dinner. And it, all of that was glorious, and they had a huge fireplace. And because it's not quite Christmas and it's Thanksgiving is over, there was not a crowd. And so we got to sit right by the fireplace, and usually you just get close. But it reminded me, this place reminded me of the lobbies in those old hotels in Glacier Park. Oh, oh yeah. I love those. It's that huge and... Uh-huh. Huge. It yeah. wasn't quite that 1920s look, mm-hmm. but it's it's has that size and that feel to it. Is it that rustic, too? No. Or, no, it's a little it's, fancier. It's than. decorated rustic. It has the antler chandeliers mm-hmm. and the wood. You know, it looks a beautiful wood, but the shape of it and the feel of it. So that was my Mystic Week. Mm. Sounds wonderful. I We're love the mountains. We're just a little envious. I was going to say, and I have to laugh, I have never stayed in a rustic inn in Glacier Park. My rustic inn was a pop-up tent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rivers and I stayed in the rustic inn because a friend had told us that this particular inn is where all the wildlife come down in the afternoon. Well, I ha- she said it's the one with the trees growing through it. Well, obviously, they all have trees growing through it, and this was not the one. <laughs> and we sat by the windows looking for wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> so um, When the wildlife was looking. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it, yeah. was, it was somewhere else. Okay, well, I think that because our audience listens to us, I feel like they must be readers. And so I would like to recommend a book that I read this week. And it's an Ann Tyler book, and it was written in 2012. And that's about the time I stopped reading Ann Tyler because, well, Ann, for one thing, is now 81. And I think I've caught up with her in mind age now. <laughs> and I find her so intriguing. And I think when this book came out, I was, the ones I'd read, I'd thought, now do go on. So I didn't enjoy them like I did this book. It's called The Beginner's Goodbye. And I was so struck by her old-fashionedness. She said, used words like woebegone. Have you all ever used the word woebegone in your writing? No, oh, I've heard Garrison Keillor use it. Well, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she named the one of the main characters Nandina, and, you know, which we're all told not to yes, plant. Yes, right. right. <laughs> invasive species there, but, yeah. yeah. Which was this character in, an invasive species? <laughs> invasive species. Sort of, <laughs> sort of, yeah. Might so have been apt. I enjoyed it so much, and now I think I'll go back and read all the books, all the books. Oh, uh, and what was the name of that one again, The Gail? Beginner's Goodbye. It's... Um, that name comes from their publishing house, so they they write they publish beginner books. The beginner's book to marriage, the gotcha. beginner's book to raising a child, and sort of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, this is fiction. Like ortho's all about vegetables kind yeah. of thing, only yeah. for yeah. for people. Well, yeah, right. but this okay. is a fiction. There's no such publishing. There's no such publi- well, there oh, there should be. be. There, there probably is. <laughs> so, do you have a book to recommend, Joanne? Well, and I think we've recommend. I'm trying to think if we've recommended this one before. But I just fi- finished reading Late Migrations uh, by yeah. Margaret yes. Rankle. That's great. And what inspired me to do that, uh, we went to see her 
in Atlanta at the confluence. And I thought, you know, I've not, I've read Janice Ray, but I've never read Margaret Rinkle. She read something from, I don't think, I was looking for it, but I don't think it was from Late Migrations. It was something else. And her writing is just so poetic. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it other than that. I mean, a lot of her passages, you could just, you know, put them on a piece of paper and And call it And her brother illustrated the book. Yeah, that's what's so nice. Is it her brother? It's her brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a family affair. Well, and then I thought it was her husband, because his name was Renkel also, and I bought a book by that he illustrated called When You Breathe to Give to My Grandchildren. Did he illustrate it? He did. He did. Someone else wrote it, but he illustrated it. it so, and it looks very, now that you say it, it looks very much like the artwork in Late Migrations. Yeah. Huh. It's very beautiful. And both of them are Auburn graduates. Is the book good or did you just buy it for its looks? Actually, it is very much like what the mystics are trying to do now. There are just some little pieces in there about her life. Or she, um, so she spoke at Pebble Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I remember when she came. Every one of us ago. were there. I have a picture yeah. of us. Yeah. We're all sitting in the front row. Well, she's also the New York Times, uh, a New York Times columnist who right. covers the South and both issues ranging from nature to politics. And exactly. I love her work. I love her work. And, and she seems, she is apparently a lovely woman, too, a yeah. human she being. She is. She rarely is and is very, very concerned about climate change and very, very concerned about the natural world right now. And as she put it, you know, her writing was once upon a time just, you know, a nudge here a nudge there and showing not telling she said but time is of the essence now and I am telling you yes. yeah yeah she's really good wonderful you mentioned Janice Ray and I, Blue Ridge where I went is in Fannin County yes and isn't her new book about Fannin County mm-hmm, it is yeah yeah Every time I saw the sign, I, I thought maybe Janice Ray lives here but I called Katie <laughs> and she said no but you are in Fannin County. Yes, yeah, same Fannin county, county, but or I assume it's the same county. Well, Margie, yeah. did you read a book or find yeah. a new book that you can recommend our audience? Yes, I, I I have been listening to a book which I probably will order as well because it's called Horse by Geraldine mm-hmm. Brooke, and it is excellent. I listened okay. to it all the way to Nashville and back, <laughs> and I will continue. Is I'm, it a new book? Um, I think it is. is. I think think it's her latest. It may be. It's really great. It's my sister recommended it to me, and I'm so glad she did because it's it's a wonderful read, and it's all about a racehorse and from Lexington, Kentucky, in the 1800s. But there's a cast of characters, and then it also flips to our time of investigating the horse and painting. I mean, it touches on so many subjects. It's really, really great. Okay. I highly recommend it on my notes. It's been on my list, and I'm glad to hear that it's as good as it's got. It had great reviews, too. So I have a book called Shudder, and it's by a Native American author named Ramona Emerson. And she's also a filmmaker, and she is a former photographer, like crime scene photographer. And so the book is fiction, but based very much on her experiences taking pictures at crime and accident scenes. So it's a little bit, you know detailed yeah, or whatever it's got some moments in there it's like the beginning of it is, is fabulous but but it's also this mix of magical magic realism too so there there's spirits and a, a wonderful book and a fascinating woman so did you listen I, to it or did you read it? i listened to it yeah 
You're um, a good listener. You listen to books all the time. Well, you know, it's because I don't sit down long enough to read Amen, as much. Sister. And, and I, I can do articles and short stories and read. And But if I get a good novel, then I tend to go to sleep, and then I have to start back over the next night, and then I go to sleep again. <laughs> and what I love about doing audiobooks is that I can do other things, but it's sort of like when you're driving and you can really think. Well, you, when you're driving, you know how you like the great ideas come to you when you're driving, and then you forget, forget them by the time right. you stop, or you write them down. And you can't read your handwriting because you're writing, writing and driving. You, at yes, the same time. like Margie yeah. did on the pizza box. I was going to say, try a pizza box; exactly. it works really well. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so I, that's what for me, audiobooks are just perfect. But anyway, so I highly recommend Shutter, and I also highly recommend exploring her as um, her art and her other oh, projects and stuff. I started to write down exploring her. I thought it was a book. <laughs> no, Ramona no. Emerson. Ramona. Emerson, Emerson, okay. and she's a Dene uh, tribe, so out in in the Western tribes. I noticed that Amazon this week, or maybe it's because I read a lot of First Nations books, but they gave me the selection of all the First Nation books that have been written this year. So I, I just think took a picture of it. Last month, m- November was Native American Month. Oh, was it? Or mm-hmm. Indigenous Peoples Month? Or it was Indigenous? It, indig- it may have sure been Indigenous Peoples Month. I know there's an Indigenous Peoples Day, which is. Also Columbus Day because yeah. it's trying to yeah. balance out the... Well, you know, I, I started looking at those calendars and there's like five things on each day. Cause yeah, we've run know. out of days. Oh, I know, yeah. Like yeah, we've run out of peanut days. Peanut butter so. day. Mm-hmm. I love that the Canadian government or the Canadian people call them the First Nation. Mm-hmm. That's what we should do. I yes. thought we did do that because I first heard it in Canada and I, you know, when we were there. Right. And the glass blower in... Whitehorse Yukon. Why is that right? Is it Whitehorse? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, lets the First Nation people that are homeless come in at night and sleep because the mm-hmm. fire embers it's still are still warm. blowing yeah. from the glass. I thought and that it's was, cold up there. We can ooh. test Yes, that. we can yes. say that it's cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you cannot put your dollar in the, in the uh, parking meter because the snow is covering where you put the money... <laughs> It's cold. It's cold. Well, all right. What we're doing for our subject this week is Mystic Obscura. And I've asked my mystic sisters to bring some obscure historical or artsy or scientific or just weird facts. And last time, this was Mystic Mary's idea, we rated them. We rated our life hacks, and we had so much fun doing it that we're going to rate them again this time. So after the mystic presents her fact, if she gets a four, that's the highest rating. And it means, oh, I didn't know that, and I find it very interesting. (laughs) If it gets a three, it's because it was mildly amusing, but we admire the research. If it gets a two, it's not a fact that we would have chosen to present, and then one is a total waste of good podcast time. <laughs> so uh, let's start the reverse. Let's start with Mystic Katie. So this was so much fun to research because, you know, I, I might, I have vague memories of interesting things, but they don't stick in my brain. So it was so nice to make myself sit down and actually read it. And one of the first things that I discovered was that there are a number of obscure facts about time. And so the one of them is that, and I'm going to challenge our listeners and us too to, to figure this out, that in a lot of advertisements, the time displayed on a watch is always 10, 10. 
So uh-huh. is on the uh, the mental test for the old people. <laughs> <laughs> Ten That's minutes. Right. It's a clock face that you have to. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well remember that we can cheat yeah. now when the, we have to take that test. They call it a wellness yeah. test, but dun, dun. it's really a crazy <laughs> test for the elderly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other one that I found that related there was a number of these um, about like when Big Ben stopped and how long it t- started it took to get him started again. And, but the other really interesting ones that all the clocks in the movie Pulp Fiction are set to four twenty. Hmm. So I we have, have to go watch. I have some thoughts see. about that yes. when you get through. But now there are people who say that there are two scenes in the movie where the clocks are not set on this. So the trick is to watch the movie and be paying attention to those. We need Mary for this, uh, or Joe. Yes, yes. Joe. Joe. right. Uh-huh. Our music. Well, I, mean, our um, movie. I think I've solved that crime for you. Okay. Because my son, who's trying to make his way in Hollywood, was friends with the person that has all the props and costumes for all the movie theaters. And so if you're setting up props, you would come to this warehouse, and each little prop has a little code on it, and the worker just walks behind the producer, whoever it is, and codes whatever they want to put in their movie sets. And so those clocks probably came from there. They probably did. And so they're not really running clocks. Yeah. They just have a little code, and they were, and then some lower person, warehouse person, will gather, will get the codes and gather them all up and and pack them and put them in and drive them to Sony Studios. But why 420? Well, I was wondering. Isn't well, that no, the I day think the clocks the, are just sitting at that. I understand that, but many but, clocks, 420. Right. And is it, isn't that the day, the pot day? Oh, is ah, maybe like 420? Or four, <laughs> when, I, in there. I'm totally there's out a, of this. A day, <laughs> I, there's a day in. When is Earth Day? April. 22nd of. 420 or 421? It's 22. It's the 22nd. 22nd. Of oh, well, 22nd. We'll Google okay. this later and let y'all know on Facebook or somewhere. Okay. That, what is the, that all your time facts? It oh. is. Yeah. Well, I'm giving it a four. Oh, thank you. Because it cool. made me think. <laughs> and it took me back to a wonderful time as touring that facility was so interesting. Well, you know, I already no what do you think? No pressure. We have you to rate it. We have to rate it. I'm trying to decide on this Wait, one. Wait, you've got to give it a rating. I know. That's oh, what I'm oh, trying oh, to decide. Oh, oh, I got you. I'm trying to decide on this one. <laughs> and I think a four. It is tr- extremely interesting. I- I'll go with a four. Okay. Sure. okay. Thank you. Y'all just being nice no, to me. No, later in the quad- podcast when You'll things get, get wild, we get meaner. <laughs> get meaner. <laughs> yeah. We'll start well, saying the emperor has no clothes. Well, Margie, do you have an interesting fact I do. Well, while I was on Amelia Island, my sister recommended I get this book called Ugly Cute by Jennifer McCartney for my for actually for my grandson. It's all about what we think is ugly and what we think is cute. And it talks about the animal world. Here you go. I've got a quiz for the mystics to take. Is it just four questions? Oh, no. It's just four questions. And you on a, on this piece of paper, another piece of paper, you just write a, B, C, or D for each question. And as y'all are working on it, I'm going to read it out for our studio audience so they know. And then I'll tell you what kind of animal you are. We can write on our paper. Yeah, you can write on your paper. So number one, choose one of the following sentiments to describe yourself. A, tiny but mighty. B, expect the unexpected. C, weird and slightly wild. Or D, Loyal and listening. You can only choose one. Okay, question two. Your friendship style is mostly loner, well-written books are your friends. B, selective. I choose my friends carefully and allow them to hang around me. C, 
dramatic, full of artistry, top restaurants, and late nights. And D, friends for life, long talks with people you've known since you were five, and with your barista and the mailwoman. Three, when someone wrongs you, your reaction is, retreat and wait it out. This will all blow over soon. B, I'm going to remember this for the next nine years, then get my revenge. C, a quick public duel will ensure this is all sorted out quickly. Or D, let me think about this from their perspective for a moment. I don't want to misinterpret anything. Last question. Your dream job is A, park ranger or lighthouse operator. B, quality assurance for a pillow company. Mm. C, art galleries in Paris or top chef in Dubai. And D, couples therapist or hostage negotiator. So once you have rated yours, you can let me know. Okay, Gail gave me hers, the queen. Total up your letters for me, Katie. Um, How can you total letters? Just which you have the most of. Oh, I have four Ds. You and, have four and an A. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're so Katie is a D. Okay, and what's your most letter, Joanne? I have two A's, and every I was all over the map, but yeah, two A's. A is your biggest. A is my biggest. Okay, so and Gail is uh, C. Yeah. Okay, so this is these are the answers. Okay, with A, mostly A's. You are a pink fairy armadillo. I think I am. That is so true. It's so appropriate. Soft and delicate, but also tough. They've got a little suit of armor, after all. The pink fairy armadillo person is comfortable in their own skin and happy living the great outdoors, unfettered and free. It's me. It's me. This is so uh, okay. Amazing. Okay, now uh, Gail, Gail was a, a C. Okay, C is anteater. These animals serve as muses for many surrealist artists back in the day. They served as muses for many surrealist artists back in the day. The anteater person is adventurous, bold, a little bit strange, oh, yeah. and always keeps <laughs> people guessing. Yes, so true. Yeah. So okay. true. Okay, and then what were you? Were you she wait? Was D. I'm, oh, you're D. Almost D across okay, the board. Okay, D. Almost. Okay. Well, Katie, you're a white-faced sake monkey, mm. one of the most loyal animals around. If this monogamous monkey is your muse, that means you exude trustworthiness, you're a good listener, and you're loyal for life. Friends and strangers love coming to you for a good chat. You know wow. what? I love this because it is more accurate. These two friends in Blue Ridge kept doing their astrological signs and writing it, uh-huh. and of course, I was decided I would take a walk with my gin and tonic. And, <laughs> and this is more accurate. It really is. charts out. Okay, now I didn't, uh, I, as I was reading them, I didn't have time to do them, but I'm going to read you B and then I'll do mine and let you know what I am, just in case I turn out to be a B. Uh, if you're mostly bees, you're a hairless cat, unique, unexpected, but also keeps people on their toes. The hairless cat person runs their world with confidence on their own schedule and on their own terms. That kind of sounds like Gail. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's an anteater. She's not a hairless cat. Well, also, though, she could have a hairless cat because as being yeah, allergic I cats, could, that, that would, would be my yeah, only animal, animal yeah. I could have. <laughs> the only animal. Anyway, this little book, Ugly Cute by Jennifer McCartney, is really charming. Highly recommend it. Did you mean to do that as a book you recommend or as a fact? I did that as a fact. 
a fact of what each one of you are. Oh, I see. <laughs> right. Yeah, I see. Obscure facts. Then. Obscure facts. Well, Obscure I'm going to give it a three, and I find it more than mildly amusing. I found it very amusing, and I admire the research, but I don't get the fact. I don't think the obscure effect is there. Well, it, I never thought of these things before. <laughs> well, you, know, you could say it's, there's obscura there. Yeah, there's obscura there. You there's just obscura. a second. You can one out of two words. I'll go with obscura. I'm going with three. I can give it a four. I love it. I loved it too. I would give it a four too. As Thank a matter of fact, I'm going to make a copy of this, this and send it to those two astrological <laughs> whizzes. There are more Definitely. whizzes in this book, but I'm not going to bore you with all those. Okay. So just good, because it's Joanne Stern. Yes. yes. Um, and since we are writers, I've got a, an, um, a fact of obscura about a writer, and it's N. Hedwana. She was a Sumerian and has been celebrated as the earliest known named author in world history. She had a number of works in Sumerian literature, and but most of them were the exaltation of Inanna, which was a goddess. And um, I'm going to read one of her poems. They were poems mostly, but she also wrote some songs, and she also wrote just what we would call prose, and I don't know if they would consider that back then. But one of her poems was to Enuana, who is a goddess, and it goes, Lady of all powers, in whom light appears, radiant one, beloved of heaven and earth, tiara crowned, priestess of the highest god, my lady, you are the guardian of all greatness, your hands hold seven powers, you lift the powers of being, you have hung them over your finger, and you have gathered the many powers, you have glassed them now like necklaces onto your breast. Mm. So I just thought it was interesting that, you know, the first renowned woman, the first renowned writer was a woman. Yes. Katie, what do you rate this? I rate that a four because I had no idea. And it's, I mean, it's obscure enough, but I'm also very proud. Yeah, it's definitely obscure. Our gender gender is the leader in writing and many things. Yes. And and Margie. I I give it a four. Do you? Thank you. I am going to give it a three because I did not like the poem. I love the idea. Well, I've got five more if you would like (laughs) You might find one you like. In the forefront of the battle, all is struck down by you. Well, she did write to a a goddess, so none of them were were prayer-like poems. Well, I'm real picky with my poems nowadays, aren't I? But anyway, I am all prepared to get ones from every one of you on this fact. (laughs) (laughs) That does not bode well. No, no. But uh, in fact, I might give it a one. (laughs) As the listening audience knows, I'm banging on a keyboard trying to learn to play, and, and my elementary book has a song in it called Rachel and Reuben. And I can remember even in grammar school when we were singing this song, Reuben, Reuben, I've been thinking what a strange world this would be if all the men were all transported far beyond the northern sea. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that is the stupidest song I've ever heard in my life. And so I looked it up, and the first thing I found was Eddie Arnold, June Valley, Cowboy Copas, and Patsy Cline singing Reuben and Rachel. Oh, my gosh. And the two women... When it was their turn to sing, and it's a, I didn't realize this. So they're it? singing it all together? No. Okay. Ruben, no. They Ruben. have separate it's a, recordings. It's a taunting song. Okay. The girls taunt the boys, and then the boys oh. taunt the girls. Well, see, I didn't get it. 
before and even playing it the other day trying to learn to play it I thought this is so totally stupid but I'm trying to go through the whole book and do it all like a good mm -hmm. student I thought I'm quitting this but I thought I'm gonna look this up but they're in their cowboy boots and some not so great outfits but the girls will face forward when they're singing uh, the Reuben and then the guy they'll turn backwards and the boy they're standing in a row and the boys will face forward and go Rachel Rachel I've been thinking what a strange world this would be if the women were all transported far beyond the northern sea and then people and kids on playgrounds have changed it and they say Reuben Reuben I've been thinking what in the world have you been drinking smells like whiskey tastes like wine oh my gosh it's turpentine <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of different <laughs> versions of this that, that they taunt each other with. So I thought that was pretty funny. And, of course, <laughs> being the person I am, I thought, now, why did they pick the Northern Sea? And so I thought... It's it, cold. It's far, well, far away. it's far away, but so is the China Sea. Mm -hmm. uh, Northern Sea is three syllables. I figured maybe that was why. Oh, yeah. Java Sea, Baltic Sea, Coral Sea, and Sargasso <laughs> Atlantic sea. Ocean. Uh, <laughs> we are talking about children in the United States and probably England, and I don't know that they know about the Northern Sea. No, <laughs> the China. I was going to say the China Sea or all that. And I think it is an Irish or English song that came over to the United States because I used to sing it as a child. Ruben, Ruben, I've been thinking Every what? American child sang it. Yes, exactly. The but American it was, child it, it immigrated with the yes, it immigrated with the with the yeah. Irish. Mm -hmm. But well, Reuben sounds Irish. Yeah, and, and it's, but anyway, and he's so beyond the that northern is my sea. Fact. I think that's a four. Do you? Yes, it's fascinating. Oh, thank you. I mean, <laughs> well, who, who would have known? Patsy Klein makes it the four. Well, that's true. <laughs> that is true. But yes. unfortunately, I knew that, so I'll give it a two. Oh. You give it a two. Oh, I've, heard, I've heard Eddie Ar Arnold sing it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I give we it a four because I had no idea any of those things. I don't even, I mean, I remember the song. I don't remember I had to even sing it. But, of course, I wasn't really allowed to sing in elementary school. <laughs> I just had to move my lips. Because oh, of oh, your voice? Because of the problem? Oh, because of my voice. Well, I think I'm not going to be allowed to play the, the keyboard in, in any, so we're even. I noticed that I had I, I helped, um, as we were doing this, I helped the Bob in his escape. <laughs> he knew that we'd be here, yes. and he said, I got, Joanne, you have to move your car. I've got to get out. <laughs> All right, well, we are to... The uh, second round. Katie. Second round, Katie. Okay. So... Uh, the other place that I went with the, my research was in spelling and grammar and, you know, the word, word world. So I found a couple of things that are kind of related. The first thing is, does anybody know what you call the dot over a little I? Umlaut. Oh, no. over a little I. Mm -hmm. Iota. Oh, I used to know. What is it? What is it? I give it's up. It's a tittle. A oh, I don't think I tittle. knew that. And it's an integral part, of course, both I and J and um they appear of other things in other languages, too. But the other interesting one I don't was, like its name. You don't like the yeah, tittle? tittle. <laughs> it's not titillating. <laughs> it's not titillating. <laughs> yeah. So the real name, do you know what the real name is for a hashtag? Hashtag. Hashtag. Tic-tac-toe. Like number? <laughs> is the real name number? No. I, I don't know. It's like a tic-tac-toe. I don't know. Yeah. It's an octothorpe. Oh. And the octo refers oh, of course. <laughs> to the eight points in the symbol. But according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the Thorpe part is a mystery. So if any of our listeners know where, the, where Thorpe comes from and Octothorpe, we'd love to hear from I you. I bet our listeners have never heard of Octothorpe. Oh, well, I had never heard of Octothorpe. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard of Octothorpe. That's a great fact. I'm yeah. giving it a four. Because it's got four little points on the end of the 
tic-tac-toe thing. Yeah. Oh. Well, each, each, they're eight. I mean, eight. I yeah, mean, eight. right, yeah. because if you count them up, so yeah. yeah. Do y'all know the radio show and a podcast called Away With Words? Oh, I've heard yeah. it. I love it. It's, yeah. it's So if you're ever curious about word origins, mm-hmm. then look it up. These two, this man and woman who do it are great. And they, people can call in and say, I used to say this. And I don't know, my family always said it. Where did that come from? And they will track it down and let you know that this is a der- you know derived from some other c- culture or whatever. It's just a great show. So I think... I did not get these from that site, but I just how just as a highly well, rec- I'm giving that a four, and the reason I am is because it's not, not only interesting, but who in the world would choose that for a fact? <laughs> uh, somebody chose the topic of being obscure, and that is obscure, Katie. Well done. Four, 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 four. Definitely, I got it for the give obscurity. It a four too. Okay, Margie, we're to you. Okay, well, I'm going to animals now because I'm just obsessed, and this is the Mary should be talking about this she because should. it's her she favorite animal. Well, Mary had her opportunity. Exolotl. And that's a salamander. It has, you, know, you, you all know what it looks like. You, you know what it looks like. Yes, it is darling. Yes, I think it's darling. Say its too. name again. Axolotl. 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 Well, I, I checked the pronunciation. That might be wrong. Mary would probably know, but it's close enough. It's A X O L O T L. Okay. It has, if you don't know what it looks like, it's really kind of cute, I think. Wide head, no eyes, fluffy gills that look like pink plants growing from behind their ears. This is a critically endangered axolotl salamander found only in a single lake on the edge of Mexico City, although there are tons of them bred in captivity for reasons that will become clear. Now, here's the fact, okay? Here's the fact about them. The axolotl is an aquatic amphibian that lives, breathes, underwater it see it lives and breathes underwater unless as scientists somehow discovered you expose them to iodine after which they develop more muscle mass grow eyelids start using their dormant lungs in other words they transform into air breathing amphibians that can now live on land as you can imagine this metamorphosis makes them incredibly interesting things to study Oh, and they can also regenerate damaged limbs and regrow parts of their brain and eyeballs. So it's possible that these remarkable little salamanders, once a staple of the Aztec diet, could hold the key to some wild medical breakthroughs in the, next, in the near future. Not bad for something whose name translates as water monster. An image of the tiny but mighty amphibian now graces Mexico's 50 peso note cool okay an extra because it's an axolotl and do you know what language that would be aztec is it aztec yeah probably so yeah Yeah. um hmm. water monster you know i'm thinking that if if there's ever a new organism on earth that's going to take over this may be it because sucker's adaptable yeah i mean you know it can it can swim it can walk on land it can regenerate i mean this is okay my question is who came up with that fact this book Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's vetted. The they. The they came up. No, actually, Jennifer no. McCartney, I mean, I think it's a known yeah. fact about these. They're very much... Um, they become very... Explored because of their regenerative process, you know, because they can regenerate well, how limbs. how do you add iodine to this thing? Well, when they are... Expo- you expose them With to iodine. With an eyedropper. I guess just here. <laughs> breathe. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, well, I'm going to give you a three because I appreciate the research, and it is really weird and interesting, but I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you can just go to Mexico and find yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, now, Mary loves axolotls, and so she has spoken about all of this, and they are doing studies with axolotls about regeneration. And in particular, I remember this conversation with Mary about the axolotl because it can re- regenerate itself and spider web in the regeneration mm-hmm. of nerves because they can attach spider some spider webs and I know that I've That's got That's not spider. what I don't believe. Okay, you don't believe that they can do this? I think they mature into that state and then iodine has nothing to do with it. Well, where do they get the iodine? Iodine is not something they that free if floats. They introduce it to them. Right. So this is from an outside source. Huh? Well, the little axolotls that are sitting in people's um, <laughs> see if you have terrariums one as a pet, and, and you aquariums might go, let's not, try them on iodine this week. Well, they've already been tried on, or I don't think you could have them for a yeah. pet. Yes, you yes, can. Yes, you can. No, you. It has to be able to breathe air, I think, if you have a pet. Well, no. you give it some iodine. Fish. <laughs> fish. Fish. You don't. There's a problem with this fact. That's why it's fish not that it transforms. What do you give it, Katie? Well, I was going to give it a four because, you know, I, and I, I realize that I'm the easiest grader ever, but <laughs> I just good. think that's, that's also fascinating. And, and I think I missed the podcast. I'm sure I listened to it when, when we had this oxalatal discussion before. So I think I was there, but I zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> I was the biology say. is not sure. <laughs> no. I was going to say, um, Katie is the white-faced sake, sake yeah. monkey, and so yes, she does agree same. with all, but yeah. I give it a four, too. I think it is fascinating, and all it's right, obscure. Joanne, what is your fact? Well, I'm going to ask the, you know, again, I'm going back to our writing, and, and Katie, it's a little bit of it, but that's all right. Um, what was the last letter added to the alphabet? Mm. Well, if I'm looking I know that at it, because of P. my research, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Is it P? Nope. Oh, the last. Uh, oh, I'm going with Z. Oh, oh Omega. Oh, no, that's a good. Good. Okay. I'm going yeah, with Z. Z. Anyway. V- Z. Z. I'm very Z. good. Tau, wrong. Tau, T. Katie, tell them. It's J. J. Oh. Absolutely. My, my <laughs> initial. And I can't remember now what. Why that was? Do you did you get the background on it? Um, I do. There, and part of it is because of the guy who came up with our alphabet, Gian Giorgio Trissimo. And J and I, as we know, in the Romantic languages were the same letter. And basically, they were called a swash. And they were just used to stop the Roman numerals. So you didn't go so on and on and on. It was more of a punctuation. Yeah, they were more of a, a punctuation than on. But what was the first? Okay, when we get our twenty-six alphabet, we had a twenty. It was a twenty-seven letter alphabet. And does anybody know what letter was got removed? Zapped. What got zapped? The last one to get zapped. There's many that have been zapped, but what was the last one to get zapped? Well, do we know? Since yes, it was you zapped? do. It's very. You, when you hear it, you'll know. Anybody have a, um, a guess? Nope. Uh, well, uh, it'd be A. Ampersand. Oh, that's A. Ampersand. Yeah, you guys knew that. Wow. And there were some other I didn't letters. Know that. You didn't know that? No. Oh, I, I think I did. I know that ampersand <laughs> means and. Yes, it does. And it was just used as a letter 
or an addition to add things together. Mm-hmm. And there, and I have a couple of How many of pages others. did you run off on this Oh, subject? I did. There was like 37 letters of the alphabet, but I just picked a couple that um, I thought they were, fa- fa- all of this was fascinating. The letter that we use now, or maybe in law, to show like section, it's called a serif. And we still use that occasionally, but it was its own particular letter at once upon a time. And then you've all seen this where you see the A and E together, as in Caesar, mm-hmm. yeah. or, and that, that was called an ash. And it was a, it was a letter and it was, it, but it was like the English A. So they dropped that. But there's many letters that we had once upon a time in our alphabet that have been cast aside. You know, it's funny how different all our facts are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine, mine is nothing like any of y'all's, I don't think. Should we rank her before we move yes, on? Yes, let's That's, do. What do you say? I think it's worthy of a four because you, you had to think about it. Yeah. You had to research yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I, I could have given it a three because that's, I appreciate your research, but I also thought it was interesting. Yes. It was four. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if we give all fours, guys. I know. You know well, you, I know, but you able... kept us from that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, before, I, my next fact is about Muhammad Ali, and I want to know who in here can spell his name. Not Cassius mm-hmm. Clay, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad. I, I would be afraid to. Now, now that you've asked, I would be afraid Listen. to. M-U-H-A-M-M-E-D space capital A-L-I. That is almost right. Oh. <laughs> and it's not, that's not what I missed. You, you missed that it, it's A-D, not E-D. I'm, I thought it was M-O-H-A. Like Muhammad. Uh-huh. And I've always said Muhammad Ali. I'm glad I didn't meet him in person. <laughs> but uh, mine's on that, on, on Muhammad Ali. And I'm surprised you knew it was an M-U. I know many Muhammads. Oh, do you? Oh, yes. Well, of course, in your line of business. Yes. <laughs> so there Actually, are a lot of criminal Muhammads? No, no, not so much in that. But I have two... I guess I call them friends, but friends of my son, and each one is a Muhammad with another name, and one is spelled M-U, the other one is spelled M-O, and I'm, I'm not sure of why the difference, except, you know, but Are you'll find many, many, like many Catholic girls are named Mary. Many um, Muslim. Muslim boys are Mohammed. But so some Muhammad of them is. are M-O. Yes, mm-hmm. some of them are M-O. Yeah. So I, I wonder I, if I it's a, a country thing. You know, it may be. Countries. It may be, yeah. There's uh, a, a great um, TV show now called Mo that's uh, the main character is a Muhammad. So just throwing that out there. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> well, as y'all probably know, I've become enamored with Muhammad Ali since I went to Louisville and visited his grave. And then and his he, visit, spirit rose, and he rose visited up. me <laughs> yeah. yes. at the grave. And so I've, I've... If y'all want to know more about that, go back to former podcast. There's a <laughs> yes. whole story there. Yes. I've, Muhammad has, has um, visited me. Season three, episode two. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but so I thought I would look him up. And in doing this, I found the strangest fact about Muhammad Ali. And that is, you know, that he was drafted for Vietnam. And because he was a Muslim, he refused to fight, to, mm-hmm. to be drafted because he doesn't believe in that. But in the meantime, while they were drafting him, they gave him the Army IQ test. And he, his IQ, according to them, is 78. Hmm. Oh, now, sure. Now, that was... he is dyslexic. 
He's certainly not a 78 oh, IQ. He's probably right. 178. Yeah. Yes. But, and then as I was reading it, I didn't realize this because I've just gone to a few spoken word events. And I really wasn't aware of it till uh, till I went to this event with my friend who's, who's African-American. And I think that's a, a form they love to do. And it's very powerful. And I thought, yeah, he was an artist of the spoken oh, word. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. he was. But someone yeah. was talking about how it's this test like was the first totally... Rapper, right? yeah. Dance yeah. like a butterfly, sting yeah. like mm-hmm. a bee. That's right. Yeah, and he said he was articulate and good with words. Uh, the person that was talking about him being a spoken word artist said that this test was totally invalid because it did not test for anything that tested what his brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right. probably invalid for most of the people in the Army. I, I imagine since they're all boys that at least at, at the least ten percent of them are dyslexic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But do that. And he never. And this was funny. My husband this morning when I was reading this to him said, "Yeah, he had to serve time." Mm-hmm. He did. I thought I remember yeah. something. Well, about that. he did not. I thought he did. He. he uh, I mean, he may have been in jail waiting for this to happen, but it was turn. It was he never served it because he kept. What do you do when you're appealing? appealing it? Oh. Yes. And he, it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Court. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they overturned his yes. sentence. Well, I didn't know that. So maybe he did sit in a jail, but he never went to prison. Anyhow, so Very that's cool. my fact. Well, just a little spinoff of that, um, another obscure fact to some people is that Joe Lewis, the very famous boxer, is from near Lafayette, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And there's a gorgeous statue of him there. And a friend of mine, Dot Moore, who I've just known for years, is working on a book about Joe Lewis. Oh, cool. And his ties in Alabama. Great story. But well, I've got to interview my husband. His boxing, his boxing gloves are there, too, in the courthouse. Are they? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. That and Trip Waltons, who is also a boxer oh, from Lafayette. The, yeah. Well, oh. My husband mm, taught there for the 25 water. years, and so he has taught a lot of the descendants of Joe oh, Lewis. Oh, that's great. I'll have to let not, Dot know that. Yeah. yeah. I'll it, have to let Bob, because I think he would not enjoy being interviewed if he didn't have... <laughs> Uh, we won't surprise him. Yeah, we won't do ambush interviews. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. look that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Good. all right. Are you gonna go with my Muhammad Ali? I think that's a four. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I would go with a four too because I I learned things. I thought I knew a lot about him, but the, I didn't know those several facts. Yeah, I did, certainly didn't know he tested seventy eight mm-hmm. on the army. I bet I wouldn't test very high. Yeah. Oh, I do. I would not. <laughs> I took the Air Force test. And I scored some of the highest scores on everything except those where they have a drawing and then they flip it and you have to find the reverse side of the rectangles that are all tangled together. And so they interviewed me after. They were looking for recruits, which, of course, I wouldn't have done. But they interviewed me afterwards and they said, you have very high scores except on this one test and you did not get a single one (laughs) right. And that is what we're looking for. Oh, that was the very thing they needed. <laughs> and so okay, they you flunk. Yeah, I didn't care. I wasn't going to join the Air Force and go to the Academy. Well, that sounds like something they, they did before I went to work for no such agency. And they, they would do tests like that mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no f- such agency. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I, how could I just not even buy? It seems like you because get one right. You know, yeah. <laughs> he said, we've never seen anybody that's missed them all. I, I was going to say, but, you know, it's just what that part of your brain that kicks in. Mm-hmm. Like it, we've talked about this before. You know, I love language, but I know there are some people that 
English is it, honey. I'm mm-hmm. not going to try. You're <laughs> not going outside that. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. Okay, well, Joanne, give us a rating and we'll move on. Um, I would say a three. I'm going to give you a three on that one because I knew a lot about Muhammad Ali before. Did you know he made 78 on his IQ test? That I didn't know that, but that's the only fact I really didn't know. I didn't know. You know, Jimmy. Um, well, that Jimmy, was my fact. J- <laughs> <laughs> that was my Jimmy, fact. <laughs> well, and I find it mildly interesting, but <laughs> Jeremy lived in Louisville. That's where he met his wife uh, while he was getting his PhD. And so we learned a lot about Muhammad Ali. I remember following him because he was such an. How do you put this? He was just such an outgoing character. He was very charismatic. charismatic. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. charismatic. But even from the television, I mean, I never right. met him in person. But mm-hmm. yeah, and he liked to tease people and have fun, play uh-huh. tricks. On oh people. yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. I I didn't know he was dyslexic. I didn't, I didn't which is interesting. Very, they said, yeah. very dyslexic. <laughs> okay, well, we're just gonna go do one more round of facts, okay. and okay. then we'll we'll go to our ending, but. Well, Katie, let's, short, let's do a short little okay. fact if you have let's one. Let's see. There's so many. But, okay, so this is just to- totally random to me. April 11th, 1954 was recorded as the most boring day in the world. <laughs> Statistics show that no significant occurrences took place in the world. This was calculated by a computer search program. This program could calculate the number of important events that occur all over the world simultaneously. I'm going to write this date down. What, yes. What was a- the t- April 11th, 1954. Well, I have a friend that was born on April 11th, but it wasn't <laughs> 1954. It was 49. Yeah. 47. Okay. I love that fact. I'm giving it a straight up five. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Obscure enough, wasn't it? (laughs) It was obscure. Okay, we'll do four on that one then. (laughs) I'll go go with four on that one too. Sorry. Okay, well, if I have to be fast, I was going to tell you all about the wombat, but another time. I'm going to tell you all the things that I know happened on my birthday, March the 30th. Not the day I was born, but on March the 30th was the Purchase of Alaska. On March the 30th, uh, Francisco Goya was born. On March the 30th, Vincent Van Gogh was born. And on March, I think March the 30th, President Reagan was shot. You'd think. Not sure of that fact. Okay. <laughs> I so can, this is a fuzzy fact. Yeah. This is a fuzzy fact that could be checked. <laughs> could be fact checked. <laughs> but I think another... Should many, we give fuzzy facts If, if we weren't holding four. microphones, we were oh, Googling oh, oh, yeah. Fact one. Oh, yeah. And March the 30th was, is my birthday. So, of <laughs> course. <laughs> yes. And I remember that. March the 30th. March the 30th. And it's also 30th. because of the, the two artists, that's how Margie got in... <laughs> In the grad school. school. <laughs> That's right. I yeah, I've told that, that story. Yes. I think there, there might be something about that story in our next book. I think uh, there is. Yes. Uh, there I is. think that's uh, hilarious that you picked your birthday as an obscure <laughs> fact. <laughs> so everyone will know now it won't be obscure. <laughs> and I don't know even what to say. I, I am yeah. I'm going to give it a, an an. <laughs> What am I going to An anteater appraisal. I'm going to think about it. (laughs) I'm going to give it a two because it's a fuzzy fact, (laughs) Margie. I might give it a three, but I'm glad to know all those things about you. you. (laughs) I'm going to give it an ampersand because it's off the charts. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's not on the chart. It's It's not on the chart. No, I think it's amusing. 
Yeah, I think I would idea. give it a four because it's so amusing that Margie likes her birthday enough to look that up. <laughs> well, or she it, was desperate it, enough for an idea. Right? <laughs> you know, when I, I had was, to replace the wombat. <laughs> I was born on the 22nd. A lot of people get killed on the 22nd, like Kennedy. And like the person who built my, ha- built my house was killed on my birthday. Mm, whoa. Oh my gosh. Our home place. So I've noticed that a lot of people, but I also noticed that a lot of people get married on the 22nd, but most of them get divorced. (laughs) 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 We know how to solve that from last Uh, podcast. Very advice. My grandparents (laughs) were married on my birthday, not the day of about... 45 years earlier. Yeah, that's probably good. But <laughs> All right, Joan, let's have a short fact I'm, there. I have so many that I'm, I'm having trouble, but I, I'll do this one. Roller coasters were invented to distract Americans from sin. <laughs> In the 1880s, um, a businessman, LaMarcus Thomas, hated it that Americans were tempted by hedonistic places like saloons and brothels. So to straighten out the mor- immorality of America... The most immoral place he could think of was Coney Island in New York. So he built the first American roller coaster to give New Yorkers some good, clean fun. Wow. (laughs) As opposed to... I found CD fun going to the bars under the the roller coaster fun. I I guess the point is that you can do nothing with your hands except hang on. You know (laughs) what? So you can't eat, drink, whatever. (laughs) I have two roller coaster stories and I'll make them really short. But at Disney World, the two people in front of us were these beautiful little women from I somewhere in Malaysia. And we talked with them in line, but we get in the thing, and, and you know, it goes under caves, and there's these huge signs in English, Spanish, and French that says, do not stand up at this point. And they're standing up and waving their arms, and I'm thinking, <laughs> what is Malaysian for sit your butt down? <laughs> and the other one was when we rode the, the big, huge roller coaster at, at 12 flags over June. Six. Six, <laughs> six flags <laughs> over. And Rivers got off and walked up to the person taking that, some some person taking that money because do not worry, we will not be coming back. <laughs> yeah, that one's called the scream machine. Yeah. Scream machine. Right. I do I not like roller coasters. And do you know why it is six flags over Georgia? It's also six flags over Texas. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because um, of the six countries that had occupied oh. the states before I the American flag that. was over it. See? So is it like three flags over Alabama and two yeah, flags over it Florida? It might be, yeah. Now, Florida would get 12. Yeah, yeah they, they would get, get a lot. Bunch, but it's the same, you know, I think, you know, the British, the French um, had it at one time, the Spanish, whoever had it. How about indigenous flags? people? Okay, I'm giving that fact <laughs> of four. Oh, yeah, that's a four. Yeah, that's a four. <laughs> All right, Gail, you have a sh- shorty? Well, did y'all rate her? Oh, oh. we said four. Okay. Oh, so, okay. yeah, thank you. Right. Did. Yeah. Right. So, yes, I do. I'm it was so long ago, one. I can't remember. It's called, uh, I was reading, a tra- I like to take trash books on, on trips. I don't mean trashy, uh, sexy trashy, just trashy. <laughs> that's the one you gave me and said. Did I? Did I? Well, this one is Along Came a Spider. I'd never read it. Everybody says it's a good whodunit, and it was a good whodunit. But the main character in there, the main murderer in there, was in a fugue, F-U-G-E, state. Mm-hmm. I had ooh. to look it up. I thought it's foggy, like ooh. Fugue, no, it isn't. It <laughs> well, it could be, but a fugue is round. Disassociative uh, yeah. fugue, which means you're a person who has 
different personalities Mm -hmm. and you end up somewhere and you go, why have I got on these clothes and what am I doing in Lafayette? Yeah. And you have this total memory loss and why are you there? Or or I have $200 in my pocket and I have no idea why. Yeah. What was that? There have been lots of stories like the three faces of Eve, but Mm, there was another one that I think Sally Fields was in. She's actually good. And it was about somebody with well, I was kept waking up different places. quite through telling you about Oh, sorry, sorry, has, sorry. Who has the fugue? Oh. Comedian Roseanne Barr. Mm. Believe it. And this musician, Adam Duritz. I don't know who he is. Duritz, yeah. Duritz. He's, yeah, I can't. He's, he's famous and from a band, but I can't remember now. And also Herschel Walker. Yep. Oh, yeah. Disassociate. Uh-huh. That and makes it sense. said under here, under talking about who had it, it said a disassociative fugue cannot, it is, people don't, aren't particularly violent. So if you're claiming that for your, to, because of your violence, mm-hmm. you don't have it. Well, he's got violence, so. Yeah, he's got both. <laughs> Hope he doesn't wake up as senator. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, whatever. We're not a political podcast. But How did I get here? I was just saying that they listed him Whoa. last and made this little note that you can't say your violence is because of this fugue because that isn't a trait of the. Fugue oh, but you state. can still be violent. Yes. Well, anybody can be violent. Right. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So Adam Duritz, just to finish, you know. So we know it's okay. Counting Crows, the band Counting Crows. He's, okay. He's Counting Crows. Counting Crows. Counting Crows. Uh-huh. Counting crows. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. It's the, not the, the whiff and poops. It's not no, the whiff and poops, so she doesn't yes. care. I wonder if he wakes up in the middle of the song and can't play his piano yeah. or guitar or something. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I this week? Yeah. <laughs> okay, crow? that's my little fact. Let's have a vote. Oh, I mean, let's rate it. Oh, I give it a four. I, I give it a three. I think it's good, but... Mm. I would say a three. A three. Yeah, only because I, I, I think I there's more to it probably, and we just don't have time to do that. So I might be misjudging you, but I, I think. if there is, I didn't study yeah. it. Okay. All right. Well, I I got a three on that one. Mm. That's okay. <laughs> well, let's move on because we're running out of time and talk about briefly if we had a mystic moment and then. And in addition to the one we've already talked about. Yeah, well, we've had a lot of mystic moments. But but do you have a mystic moment? We'll start with Margie this time. I think my mystic moments have been occurring. I've started working in a new medium, um, colored pencils. And I've been using all these colors that I never use, more muted tones. And I've been having mystic adventures with color. Ah, that's that's wonderful, Margie. That's wonderful. And putting it on her line of clothing. Yeah. All right, Joanne, have you had a mystic moment? Well, my mystic moment is to come. You know, I'm leaving Tuesday to go to Austria to see my babies. Your mystic moment is to what? Is to come. come In the future. In the future. future. But she's going to have a future mystic moment. I'm I'm mystical, so I'm going to jump into the future. She's in a fugue state. (laughs) She's in a fugue state. <laughs> oh wait! Why is this microphone in my hand? <laughs> Go ahead, Joanne. If you can. It's okay. Where is your um, adult bib so you can dry your eyes? <laughs> well, I just never dreamed that would be. <laughs> Gail has entered her fugue state, so we'll yes. have to move on. <laughs> Katie. <laughs> oh, well, so I had um, a two, sort of two mystic moments that were, <laughs> that were music related. The first is that last week 
um, or a week and a half ago, I went to um, Connecticut to my uncle's 99th birthday. Oh, yeah. My uncle was the former president of Yale uh, as an interim president and wow. a longtime Whoa. faculty member. And so the Whiffenpoofs came and sang him Happy Birthday and a number of other songs. But it was the alumni Whiffenpoofs. So they ranged in age, I think, from 87 down to about 40. Wow. And, but they had great voices. It was just lovely. And then last night, I went to Wadley, Alabama, to hear the show choir from Southern Union Community pictures. College. And I mean, I was blown away. It was like I want to do professional. that next year. Yes, it is. It's like I, I now feel like I'm in the Christmas spirit. And, you know, it's, it, it was just fabulously well done. That's that is an amazing. That's going to be a trip next year. I think that's a great idea. And that's little school. You know, it's in Wadley, Alabama. And it's, it, besides it and a beautiful old, now falling into decay, depot that's a Spanish style depot that's on the list of endangered places are sort of the you know the things that people that's all it seems like that's all that's there but you walk on that campus and it is just really an amazing place it I've is. taught on that campus yes and and the and their program their fine arts program is stellar I would just love to have seen that last night and the costumes that you the pictures you put online were amazing yes yeah well let's let's make that a mystic um, trip road yeah, trip definitely. next year Katie yeah, let us know the trick is it sell, they have four performances and it sells out so we have to get I've got an in with it so there we go oh, so yeah. I'm gonna get us oh yeah I'll you, get that's right you do yes um, oh I have one um, more mystic moment that but to I happen. didn't have a mystic well moment. okay I'll, can I go after you just no. say one more thing go ahead okay. We went to see uh, Auburn University Theater's production of Pippin, and it was fantastic. Who who Uh, directed it? Ashley Butler. Our friend well, Ashley. Shout Butler. out to Ashley Butler. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I did. I forgot to mention that because it was a couple of weeks ago. But they are so excellent, and you know, tickets to go see them are twelve dollars each, as opposed to a hundred dollars at the Gouge, and they're yeah. really good. Yeah. Oh, you good. Know, so well, just you know, check out their season. All right. And congratulations All right. to Ashley Butler. Well, my mystic moment, <clears throat> I walked out to my mailbox one afternoon, and there were all these acorns around it. And I thought, I'm going to pick these up and save them. And then in the spring, when the squirrels are getting up in our bird feeders, I'm going to put all the acorns around the bottom that I've saved for the squirrels, and they'll stay out of my husband's bird feeder. <laughs> I come in the house and the phone rings, and so I just put them down on the kitchen counter and answer the phone, and it's my doctor. And he's my, he was telling me the results of my blood test, which was fine. Good news, okay. But he's going point by point, and it's a very serious discussion. My husband walks in the kitchen and sees this container of food and picks it up and pops an acorn in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, think? I'm not going to say... Damn it, Bob. Those are acorns because That's I'm for the squirrels. don't eat the acorns. Those are for the squirrels because I'm talking to my doctor and I don't want him to give me the crazy test again. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob goes, oh, it wasn't good. <laughs> no, it was not delicious for a, he, right. I think it's squirrel food. Obscure that was again moment. that you can eat acorns. You have to shell them first, obviously, but then you have to boil them several times to get rid of the tannin, the tannin. and then you can dry them and make flour out of them well we hadn't gotten to that point we were just we had picked him up by the mailbox on the ground our resident forager here has all the information and then i i was laughing so hard at him he made it worse he said well i thought you had found some very small pretzels for me (laughs) yay bob so that was my mystic moment but I think we've run totally out of time Mm -hmm. so i just want to say to everyone out there you be the flame 
not, and not the, the moth. moth.